understanding how dystopian our relationship is. <laughs> I'm just thinking about how I have to go see family this week that I haven't seen in like 10 years. They're like, hey, what are you doing with your life? <laughs> if you're joining us, we are recording this five minutes after finishing recording our episode on Wrong Turn. I got a glass of water. I peed and I came back. I sat here like, staring into the abyss and now we're back. Yes, and this is after spending four hours watching these movies. Back to back. Back to back. Mm-hmm. So what happened is a few weeks ago, pretty early on in the podcast, Natalie had the idea of yes. doing Each of Us Brings in a Movie We Hate. Which it is funny to me because I got introduced in an episode where you had said, any movie I watch, I can still find value in. And even then, I still feel that way. I yeah. Like a lot of what I'm going to be talking about this episode is how I feel like I hate this movie because I like it. So many mistakes were made. Yeah. Like I, I hate this movie because I feel like there was a very easier way to just make this a passable movie than they didn't casting take. casting Ben Platt. There was a lot of things. There's a lot of things. Yeah. Um, no, but this movie is similar to the last one in that I watched this and did not hate it as much as I thought yeah. I would. And even, like, I rarely see a movie and see, like, zero worth in it. This one, I think, was the first one I thought of as, like, a movie I hate because of my history with this fucking ip this is this is a this is a loaded ip for both of us this is a loaded ip now you had considered doing 13 but 13 would have just been an analysis on it as a a movie musical as an adaptation as adaptation as what they chose from the musical to put in the movie and like adapting the original story to screen which is its own concept this one is more about movie making wise there were such bad decisions made (laughs) because i Hi, welcome to Stop Your Running. <laughs> this is a podcast about movies. I'm Delaney, and usually I love movies. I don't like how you're setting me up like this because it makes it sound like I love both these movies. <laughs> <laughs> I'm Natalie, and usually I don't. <laughs> so, the movie I brought to the table today. Yes, what is it? To our little dinner table. Our little dinner table? In our apartment. Our apartment. Are you just going to repeat everything I say? Well, notice how I didn't repeat that, so no. <laughs> that was the test. Ha! I'm a witch. <laughs> Is Dear Evan Hansen 2021. Again, loaded IP. Loaded IP. Because I'm just going to go ahead and jump into yeah. why um, this, this musical is a meme to everyone in my life. When did this come out? The, the, mu- musical. the musical? 2015. Okay. Um, let me make sure. That is when it was on Broadway? No. So that was, um, it was 2015 off-Broadway, opened on Broadway at the Music Box Theater in December 2016. And I do remember that because in January of 2017, in the same weekend, I saw this and the Falsettos revival in the same weekend. Crazy. My life has not been the same since that weekend for a no. multitude of reasons. I'm sure. But that would have been the, the semester I was graduating high school. So like I, I saw this and Falsettos on Broadway oh, like, four like, months before we graduated so high like, school. Oof. First semester of 2017. Yes. Gotcha. This opened December of 2016. So yeah. like I saw it pretty soon after it opened. When did Hamilton open? Um, September of 2015. Okay. This one this one was just like, it was very big off-Broadway. Um, really? Even okay. while it was off-Broadway, it was at Second Stage Theater. People knew that one, it was going to transfer and that Ben Platt was going to win a Tony. Like it, it, he, he was like making waves in this role even before it reached Broadway. What? I'm, this is, I, I wasn't planning to ask you musical trivia, but I am curious. Mm-hmm. What else was in this season? Um, this would have been Come From Away. This would have been Great Comet. 
This would have been falsettos. This would have been Hello Dolly. This was a loaded season. And it is a season that as years go by, people realized was grossly misawarded. So then Ben did Ben Platt won the Tony mm-hmm. over both leads and falsettos? There was only one male lead in falsettos. Christian Borle was the only man nominated for lead. And also, yes. Like, object. The answer is yes, but yeah. There was Which, one nominated lead. I would still consider, like, hypothetically. We're not getting into the lead We get into support. this fight a lot. Because you're just objectively wrong. I am. Well, I will... Okay, <laughs> fine, fine. I will say, just let me say this, and then I'm done, and I'll never say it again. In the traditional sense of when there is a, a, a lead actor and actress, it tends to be the romantic pairing. So in this show about two men, I naturally, my brain went to the two leads would be the romantic pairing. But the musical itself is not just about the romantic right. pairing. So like, it is I'm more not, about Marvin and his life. I wasn't implying it based off role size so much as I was just thinking like right, in right, that right. vein. But it, it, it was a Tony... Of course the real lead's the kid. Sorry. <laughs> the, real, the real lead is Judaism. <laughs> but this is a Tony season that as years go by, people are like, hey, why did we award this show over Great Comet and Come From Away? <laughs> Come From Away was grossly underappreciated come from away one directing if i can remember but this one book and score and best musical and at the time i was i i was the target audience when this came right. out objectively because i was a d- depressed me too 18 year old <laughs> and hello Thank you. she also was a depressed 18 year old and... in 2017 yep yeah she, she did not graduate that year she got held back <laughs> And so this musical succeeded because it came out at the exact right time. It came yeah. out at the right time where we were talking about mental health, but before we were so like aware of the art we were putting out there, we're like, hey, maybe this isn't a good idea. Before anyone took a moment to like to think I about think, it. I think I might've been one of the first people to look at this plot and be like, I don't love it. Yeah. Um, and so I saw it first in January of 2017. And then I'm trying to figure out the timeline here. Graduated high school went to college, and then they announced... So first of all, the first time I saw it, sobbed. You've seen this three times? Three times. I'm not seeing it. All within a year. I went to college, was super depressed my first semester of college, and, like, texted my mom, and they announced Ben Platt was leaving. They, like, announced his final show, and it was, like, that September or something. Mm -hmm. She got me a ticket to see Ben Platt once more before he left. Right, right, right. And then... I was still depressed. And then Ben Platt came back for a reunion tour. No, and then Taylor Trench was announced as his replacement. And I had seen Taylor, Taylor Trench, Trench in like a shit ton of things. You before. followed his career, correct? Accidentally. Yes. Accidentally. He's, he's the one who you accidentally followed. Because throughout. he, I had seen him as the side character. He was the brother in Matilda. I saw him then. And then I saw him when he was the alternate lead for Curious Incident of the Dog in the Nighttime. And then I saw him when he was a principal supporting character in Hello, Dolly. So like I... I you've And then now he was the lead. And then now he was being just the full-time lead. And so I was like accidentally seeing this guy rise above the ranks of Broadway. And I think my mom and I were already planning a New York trip and I still was depressed. <laughs> and I think my dad and brother hadn't seen it. And so my mom was like, well, let's just all go see it. And so then we saw it a third time with Taylor Trench. And the, what the joke became is that anytime I was depressed, my mom would buy me a ticket to Dear Evan Hansen. Because to, that's kind of what happened, to exactly. To keep me from killing myself. That's exactly what happened, honestly. <laughs> because, because 18-year-old me watched You Will Be Found in a dark theater with Neil Patrick Harris in the row across from me. And just, he was with you, too. He, did, <laughs> he, he actually took you. We were, like, weirdly near the stage, too. Like, it was a very transformative experience for I like me. I Neil Patrick Harris saw this. I mean, it was it was the biggest of course he did musical at the time, and so 
I think because this musical was so successful at exactly the time when it came out, I'm shocked that there was such a gap before the movie came out. Right. Because I remember them like talking about making it into a movie the year it premiered mm-hmm. because it was like a phenomenon. Ben Platt was winning award after award after award for this. Like, it feels like it didn't have to take five years to make, but what do I know? Yeah. But I, I think so. It certainly doesn't feel like five years went into it. <laughs> it certainly feels like it was made over the course of one like mushroom induced weekend. It feels like it was made before they even finished the book for the actual stage show. <laughs> It feels like it was made before Ben Platt had finished developing in the womb because he sure is a little doughy, like, Play-Doh boy in this. Yeah, my my, my issue with this is that easily it could have been a better movie. Yes. And the reason I know that is obviously, like, I at some point in my life enjoyed this story, the songs, whatever. The music's good. The music is still, the music still holds up. Can you calm down? See, Natalie gets a cat to help with her depression. I just keep seeing Dear Evan Hansen. I don't 100% disagree with why they cast Ben Platt. I understand the logic put in there. Sure. And I think it could have been fine. Like, I don't think the issue is that he was too old. No, but I don't like his portrayal. I think the issue is that... And it's, it's like a stacked thing. I think the issue is that... He got backlash for being too old, and so I think they overcorrected when shooting. I think they, like, caked him in makeup, and he was like, I'm going to grow my hair out. Like, I genuinely thought he was 35. <laughs> He's 27? He was 27 at the filming. I genuinely thought he was 35. And he was not too much older than, like, everyone else. other people. Yeah, uh, Caitlin Dever was 24, I right. think, when they filmed. Like, and everyone else is, like I said, viable in the Riverdale sense. Of, yeah. Like, yeah, it is not-, not unheard of for a 27-year-old to play a 17-year-old. Right. It's just not. We live in Hollywood. Um, we do. We do, actually. Now, when you see Mark Platt's name be the, I think, first name that comes up on screen when you start this movie, that's also what people are mad about. Well, because that's also part of why he was cast in the show originally. Yes. Now, he earned, I do think he earned it. I do think he earned it, but he made people more angry because he did not handle this situation great. He's he's very talented. He is someone who has gotten a lot of advantages in his life. Well, yeah. And the problem is people were like saying, hey, should you be playing this role? You're too old. And he literally was like, this movie would not be made if I weren't in it. Which is probably true and not good. I still think it could have been. I I think it could have. I think he's correct and then his dad wouldn't have made it. Well, yeah. That's more like, I think, uh, like, I think it all comes down to Mark Platt. (laughs) I'm sorry. Um, Literally, I think a year or two before this was released, around the same time, Ben Platt was in The Politician on Netflix, where mm-hmm. he was also playing a teenager, and he looked completely normal. Like, he didn't look like this right. fucking wax melt of a human being. Yeah, they really overdid it. And so I think they overcorrected, and I that just made it look worse. I swear to God, they put highlighter on his whole face. Or he was just they so They were sweaty. like, the youths, they glow. <laughs> and, and I think the second issue is that his stage performance was fantastic. I'm not going to say otherwise. I do, yes, I do yeah, think I agree, it was like, like a... a Brilliant thing. That was a stage performance. Yes. I have seen... I, I went to musical theater camp. I, I saw musical theater actors then try to act on camera. It's very fucking different. It's very fucking different. And his voice specifically is so Broadway. Yes. That he has, he has like the little like goat vibrato, which like sounds fine with him, but he's a very like pronounced vibrato. He has like a very pronounced voice. Right. Like it's very much a stage voice. He's able to sing like... His singing on stage helps to sell the idea of him being a teenager. And the issue is 
they cast him with a bunch of people who aren't that type of singer. They cast him with like other, like when you cast a movie musical, like people give La La Land a lot of flack for casting people who aren't great singers. But I think a lot of the time that actually works better on film because it is more close in and it feels more natural and feels more real because you're so much like more in with them, with Mm -hmm. the camera. And so when he... (laughs) It's almost, it almost is kind of, it it takes you out of the world a little when people are too polished. And so (laughs) I kept laughing when he would be at the Murphy house and they'd all be like having like these, everyone else in this movie is acting their fucking ass Yeah, everyone else is doing honestly a good (laughs) job. With what they're given, they're, or like they're having, just fantastic. They're like having full conversations, and Ben Plush is in the corner, like, always is. I've learned to slam on the brake. <laughs> and so it it just feels much more unnatural than it does right. on the stage version. Well, and it's the thing I I would I, I like thought is that first of all, had he auditioned for the stage production, he would have gotten the role. Mm-hmm. Had he auditioned for this, he would not have. Yeah, cold. Uh. And the other thing is that I think with a stage show, people, when they cast, do they, you are limited in that you have to find someone with the ability to do the role. Mm-hmm. In movies, I think it's more important to be a more accurate portrayal of the role mm-hmm. and feel more genuine. Yeah. Because anyone, not that anyone could do it, but like anyone could have done this with enough polish in Hollywood and all that. Not anyone could go up on stage and do the role. There are even people, I think, who did this role on stage who would have been better on screen. Yeah. I maintain, and a lot of people agree, that Andrew Barth Feldman, who was like 17 at the time he did it on Broadway, but would have been probably about like 19 or 20 when this happened, is like a normal-sized teenager. The other problem is that Ben Platt just looks so large (laughs) next to Caitlin Dever. Yeah. He looks like a teacher. Like his head just looks so much bigger than hers, and I don't know. Honestly, too, it's like before this, I would have agreed that like I considered the show pretty eponymous with Ben Platt. But then this, I was like, fuck it. No, he shouldn't be in this. Yeah. Like once you hear other people sing it and you're like, oh, because when he was in it, no one else had done it. Right. And so there was this idea that once he left, you're like, nobody else is going to be able to do it. Right. This show has gone on for six years without him. It's really not that difficult of a thing. It just is. Any, any new tenor. Yeah can do it it's more of a hard act yes but then on screen he's still not even doing that he's playing really stereotypically autistic really bad (laughs) and i don't understand if he just in his head was like this makes me look younger i think he was i think he acted some again it's i think it's about translation because i think it was similar to what he did on stage but again that is farther away and there's more space and there's there is i i think absolutely a much higher level of a suspension of disbelief in theater than there is in a movie yeah of course you have to yeah because you're like you're seeing that person live in front of you so you're like like right which is why so many of the songs when you put them in a fucking human conversation you're like this is this is weird i think that was a terrible decision to include dialogue going through the song but that's also like how it's written otherwise like so much so much of that is integrated into the original show that you wouldn't have been able to take it out Right. Because so much of For Forever is them talking and him using that in Words the story. Words Fail to me was the worst one. Words Fail is also the worst because uh, Ben Platt has the worst crying face I've ever seen in my entire life. Yeah, I mean, I thought he, he really he really gives Gabby from The Bachelorette a run for her goddamn <laughs> Rachel? money. 
Oh, no, Gabby. Gabby, Gabby. Oh. Gabby's an ugly crier, okay. unfortunately, for Gabby. Yeah, yeah, And so if you, okay, so if you don't know the plot of Dear Evan Hansen, apparently a lot of people before this movie came out thought it was about a gay kid. <laughs> like, apparently a lot of people did not know the plot because of Dear Evan Hansen. Because honestly, it's like, in the movie, he leans more autistic. I think on the stage show, he leans a lot more gay. <laughs> um, and so, he's a kid with social anxiety. Fuck, God. I, I... <laughs> When they announced this movie, I also stood by the fact they shouldn't have made this movie. Right. Now, watching it again, I do see how it could have been good. And the reason also that I had said it initially mm-hmm. is because the plot of the movie, I said, if you look too closely at it, is bad. Right. Now, granted, everyone upon watching the movie was like, oh, this plot is like dark and evil. Right. So you could have used that. That's my main thing, is I think that this could have it been... It was too apologetic to Evan. I think... and. More apologetic to Evan than the stage show, right. which already was not apologetic to Evan. They took out every song. They took out the one song where people are mad at Evan, right. which is good for you. They took out the one song where people are like, hey, you did some shitty things. Right. They, you know, they removed anything. They removed the fucking opening song. They removed, honestly, character development for anyone else. Yes. And so then it becomes only about Evan. And so it makes us more sympathetic towards him because he's all we know. I'm not at all sympathetic towards him. Well, yeah, but like that, that's what they were want, Like That's what they were thinking. Now, the, the overall plot, which we can go into, but the basic concept that we're referring to is that the plot follows him accidentally kind of ending up in this situation. But he is, after a, a boy in his school commits suicide, he lies to the family and says that they were very close friends. Right. He forges emails and then it ends up going viral. He dates his the, the boy's <laughs> younger sister. Yeah. Uh, and in the stage show and the movie, honestly, there's no consequence in the end. Yeah. It, both of them end with him being like, yeah, that was a shitty thing I did. But now but, I've learned more about myself. But I'm stepping into the sun. Now I've learned to talk. And I'm like, I wish you would have shut up. Um, and the reason I'm like so sure that this could have been done in a way that has more repercussions and like a more conscious way is because a movie came out a month ago. With a very similar plot mm-hmm. that did that. It's called Not Okay. Oh, um, yes. It, it has the same plot where like I'm a familiar. girl, um, she fakes going to Paris and then a terrorist attack happens while she was supposed to be in right. Paris. And people are like, hey, you were in Paris when that terrorist attack happened. And even though she wasn't, she like goes along with it. She could have been elsewhere in Paris. <laughs> but like it, it's it's the same thing where, you know, that kind of lie right. that spirals, whatever. But like she actually faces yes. consequences yes. for it. Well, and in the show, it feels more... Like, he is getting caught up in something. This one feels more active. This one feels like he's doing it on purpose. Yeah. I think part of that is, like, for some reason, maybe that's because they cut Jared down so much that it just feels like they Evan is Jared doing down so much. all of it. Well, they also tried to make Alana sympathetic, which I think was a mistake. Right. Again, everyone will be more sympathetic if you put in good for you, where they're all saying, hey, we're fucking mad at you, Evan. Yeah. And here's how you're fucking up our lives. But instead, they just took that out and, like... Made everyone's characters worse. Because honestly, the, the the character portion of Dear Evan Hansen that is touching is the idea of these two mothers who mm-hmm. can't, they're trying their best and they fail in raising their sons. And so then that's what, like, I like the fact that the stage show begins with, does anybody have a map? Because it really is there. It's more about them character-wise. It's, it's more about these families. Right. And how they're both having the same struggles even like even though they're in different situations even though they're in different situations i think starting the movie just cold with waving through a window immediately i was like where what's happening yeah like we don't get to see anybody before 
the like plot. Right. Like at least anybody have does like does anybody have a map? It like sets up. It primes you where we are before the shit hits the fan. It gives you a little primer of like oh the brother and sister aren't super close. Evan's socially anxious. Like now in this in the in the movie they establish that he's socially anxious by the fact that he doesn't eat dinner. Because he doesn't want to talk to people. That actually is in the stage show. But does he go? F- does it go further than that when she's like, "You can order your food on your phone," and he says, "The credit card is expired, so I would have to give them cash." I think at the so. Front door. That like sounds familiar. It's like That's that insane. type of thing. That's fucking crazy. And also, if you're still feeling Get a that debit way card. on your three different medications that we learned he's on, maybe you need to up Get one a debit of those. card. Get a debit card. You are almost 18 years old. That and that's the other thing is that. And so they didn't, my big thing had been, I didn't know how they were going to be able to allude to the suicide in a way that didn't, because movies, I think, inherently are more explicit. Right. Than a stage show will be. Right. Which is why you see details in this that you don't necessarily see in the stage show, such as them naming the medications he's on. And being like, oh, here's the, here specifically are the characters in therapy, like, and those who aren't. Because that's the kind of thing where when you're that in the story, like, that stuff matters more. Versus when sure. you, especially if you're focusing only on Evan. Right. Versus when you watch the show and it's more, it's not an ensemble cast, but it's more about kind of everyone's journey. You don't need as many details. Right. Specifically. Yeah. Like I didn't need to know what exactly fucking team or whatever the hell. Why did they make it a stepdad? I'm sorry. This is so much for me. <sighs> All right. But yes, you were, you're correct. I don't, I don't think, I think jumping in with waving through a window was a huge mistake. Yeah. And so like... <laughs> Colton Ryan gets done so dirty in this movie. Uh, he was fantastic. Colton Ryan. He was truly fantastic. Is really good. I might, before I go to bed, rewatch Sincerely Me. He was fabulous. So Colton Ryan actually, and I told Natalie this while we were watching it, was um, not the universal swing, but he was like the in-house standby for all three male roles. Male teenage roles. So he was uh, standby for Jared, standby for Connor, and standby for Evan. I think in the original Broadway cast. Like, I think he was the OG standby. Um, Jared, who uh, in the original show was white. And Jewish. And not gay. Not explicitly gay. Versus in this, one of the first things we hear from him is that he hooked up with a Brazilian guy. Yeah. Again, I think that's just them being like, well, we can. We can, like, that's casually mention. Like, yeah. Well, I did want to make clear for, in this guy's defense, he wasn't taking a role away from a person of color. Like, it's not like he was supposed, like, it's not, that's not a direct translation from the show. Uh, and, yeah, I don't like what they did with his character. Dear Evan Hansen did not have a black, or an Evan Hansen of color until, like, 2019. Because people of color can't have mental health issues. <laughs> There's something, I think, about the stage show that reads a little more like he's just kind of an awkward guy. Yeah. Given the shot, he could be pretty good. Yeah. Um, versus he feels hopeless in this movie. Right. And I think it is because he goes so far into this kind of almost faux autistic portrayal. Mm-hmm. We see him dropping his fucking pills and vomiting in the toilet and all this crazy ass <laughs> shit. Um, you know, the, those absolutely wackadoo things that mean a person is hopeless. Wild things you do. Um, none of them, those are two things I've done this summer. Drop your pills. I've dropped pills before, absolutely. <laughs> um, no, and I'm vomiting into a toilet. I'm like trying to think of how to, well, and like, I'm trying to think of how, how to say it. Because no, I know. It, it, it's, they, they, they try to fill it out It feels out like more. there's greater barriers here than social anxiety. Right. Um, and then even like with his relationship with Zoe, the, the other thing with translating to film is it gives you more freedom to do like 
you know, to like what you were saying, show more information. So right. it's like on the stage show, if I could tell her they're just in her room. Right. But in this one, we can see flashbacks to him stalking her <laughs> throughout it's so the school. Weird to do the that stuff. <laughs> like following her through the hallways and saying I love you. Because like, and that's literally like the the whole plot of this movie is don't look too much or it's gonna get uncomfortable really fast. Yeah. Um and they looked too hard. <laughs> they looked way too hard. They looked way too hard. And so uh, he he's walking through. I, I have so many of my notes are from waving through a window. Yeah, we can. Yeah, I mean, I guess we can start going a little well, because bit because I said, first of all, of course, this motherfucker likes sans serif. He's writing his letter in Calibri. Now, that to me is like so right in Cambry, a little bitch. I don't know anyone who goes into Word and doesn't change the font. And sticks with Calibri doesn't body. Doesn't change the font almost immediately. Um, but does that just mean that the like the, the director was too lazy to bother? Or like, just change it? It's like such an ugly font. <laughs> um, the editing and waving through a window makes me want to kill myself. He's in so many windows. <laughs> they, they do a quick cut. Every time he says Look. tap, <laughs> every not just the first time he says tap tap tap, right. it happens every time. Back and forth, back over and, over. and forth. It'll be like tap tap tap, tap, tap it, like you know, yeah. to mimic the tapping. I suppose we don't understand what tapping is. Um, and you, I don't. His his hairline is simply so receded. Yes, and I don't know why because I don't think Ben Platt has a receding hairline. But but the teenager does. <laughs> Like, again, he played a teenager the year before this and looked normal. That, I think, is... Maybe that's what it is. Ben Platt is, I think, very clearly playing a character. Everyone else feels like a real yes. portrayal. Yeah. Ben, I think... And I won't... I won't... I mean, it's... it's. It was partially directorial, partially He should him. not have been cast in this role because I do think that in... When you've played a, a role for so long, there's only one way that you can do it. Right. But it literally felt like you were taking a... Muppet and putting yeah. it into a human movie. Yeah. yeah. Literally. Like, it just, it's not, it Especially when everyone else is acting their ass off. Right. And you have, like, people who are, like, very... Like, I cried. People were acting their ass off in this. Like, everyone is doing a great job. Amy Adams and then, is and doing then so much. <laughs> Every time you're lulled into a false sense of security, the camera will slightly pan, and Evan is just standing like Big Bird in the fucking doorway with his... <laughs> Also, the window's metaphorical. And they really just throw, throw so many physical, real windows at us in this fucking um, song. The I'm so glad that you also brought up the gym scene while we were watching it, because I was already planning on bringing it up in the pod. What the fuck are they doing? Because it is so clearly not choreographed. They clearly put 30 kids in a room and went, I don't know, we just need it to look like chaos. Can y'all just like walk around back and forth? As if that's so, it's the first day of school? Yeah. It's September. Yeah. We know it's September and we know that he has a broken arm now. <laughs> and she's like, the mom. Uh, my my other question is, how come the mom is like the fucking, the mom feels like she's been locked in the basement for most of her life and was just recently let out. Because she's like, I know what my 17 year old depressed son should do. Walk around the school and ask everyone to sign his cast. Which nobody does past like fifth grade. Literally. I did not remember anybody signing casts in high school. I why would you? It's fucking weird. Um, sound mixing was bad. Like yeah. there was just really weird sound mixing in the gym where like he's having a full conversation with Jared and you just hear the marching band weirdly loud. Weirdly loudly. The jazz band is also playing with the marching band. Right. 
That's not how those work. The it, jazz band and the marching band are two separate things. Why are they playing? What is this? <laughs> it's like this, the bleachers and then two chairs and a fucking just a screen that just says like, go Bobcats or whatever the hell. <laughs> and there's not nearly enough kids in there for it to be the whole school. Right. Honestly, not enough for it to be like a great thing. And even then, why would it be just their grade getting <laughs> this weird... The marching band why is the marching band playing? They have to go to school too. This is the first day of school for them. How did, and then they have like Jared and Evan are like working the fucking tech. When did they have time to rehearse that? It's the first day of school. Also, why would, so they're having like this whole marching band of like drums and like trumpets and everything. For Alana to give a small speech. Well, and then Zoe's there with her fucking jazz guitar playing along with the marching band. She was just there to hang out. Not how those work. Um, Also, Jared is hanging out with Evan way too much in this movie for my liking. That's why he does in the stage show too. In public too much. Because okay, fair. family friend right. is much more viable in the stage show where he will not be seen in public with Evan. Right. In this, they are taking the bus to school together. They are sitting and working the same like clubs together and then going to Jared's house and hanging out. Mm-hmm. Which is not how family friends work. Right. Because like, that's just not how it is. Um, the narration... Let's um, take narration out of movies. It's bad. Yeah, I, it's I, really... I understand that he's like writing his fucking letters. Um, it doesn't work. <laughs> It just the letters is already such a barely acceptable plot point. Because yeah. <laughs> his therapist says, write letters to yourself, address to yourself. And then... And that'll make you not want to kill yourself. Which, which look, I've written letters in therapy. They've never been to myself. I don't think... Letter me. writing in therapy is 99% of the time writing a letter to someone who you were unable to like speak your feelings to, to yeah. get your feelings out, and then you destroy the letter. I don't think you should tell a child who is uh, contemplating suicide to look more at themselves. <laughs> and so he is writing his letter on the... I guess he has therapy after school. At least that's what it is in the stage play. So he has to print it out because he has to bring it to... And he doesn't have... His laptop at school. He writes it on a public computer. So he computer, writes it on a library computer and then goes prints to print it. it in a public. And then Connor... No reason he couldn't email it to his therapist. Yeah. And then Connor comes up to him and is like, hey, nobody signed your cast. First, Connor like yells at him. Yeah. Because Connor, I think, has some kind of anger some. management issue. He has some. Implied. Um, it kind of, I shouldn't say implied, it's like explicit. We see him just like yelling at people almost exclusively. And he has holes punched in his walls. Yeah. Um... Signs his cast, finds the letter, and then the thing about this movie that I can't remember if I felt this way in the stage show. The letter is not at all a suicide note. That's how I feel. It almost feels like, was Evan the final straw in yes. Connor killing himself? Yes. <laughs> like, like, I don't think we ever addressed that enough. No, absolutely. I think so. That, because he finds the letter and like in the letter, Evan says, Zoe. oh, at least there's Zoe because he is weirdly obsessed with Zoe. Really despite weirdly obsessed with Zoe. Never speaking to her. And so Connor finds is like, is this about my fucking sister? Like, you wanted me to find He's this. He's like, no, it's about out. fucking your sister. <laughs> and so he finds it, like, runs off with it. And then that night kills himself. Because you do get the sense that Connor's trying. When yeah. he's like, no one signed your cast. And he signs it. His name, like, huge, which is kind of a dick move, but fine. And he's like, now we can both pretend we have friends. Because yeah. Connor's going through it. He's having a rough time. Yeah. And then gets that. Yeah, I think that's, that to me was also why he fucking had the letter on him in the first place. I think he just put it in his pants and forgot about it, but... Well, no, I think it was why he killed himself. <laughs> Which is another interesting thing that we could right. have explored. Good, would have been good. I wish we had gotten more of that. Because again, this like if that's the case, I shouldn't be asking it. Like, yeah. I shouldn't be like, oh, is that what the final straw was for him? Like, right. we should 
lean into that. Well, and this movie plays the grief so well. Yeah. I wish we'd gotten more of Connor in the first place. Right. And that's 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 my other issue with this, is that in the stage show, Connor get, yeah. is Ghost Connor. And I understand, like, I was going to say, I understand it's easier to do ghosts on stage than in the film. No, it's not. Just no. fucking have Connor be a ghost. Slightly <laughs> translucent. Slightly <laughs> no. translucent. Or just thinner. Mm-hmm. He can do that one thing. He's just, he's just there with Evan, and then you cut from another character's perspective, and there's nobody there. Or you can do the thing that ghosts in movies like to do, where they're like, they just do their hand really fast in front of someone else's face. They're like, no one else can see me but you. But then we have, um, we, we get a way to hear Evan's inner narration without a fucking voiceover narration. Right. <laughs> like, Ghost Connor in the stage show acts as a nice conduit mm-hmm. to, like, get at Connor's inner thoughts. And like, it helps humanize him a little bit. It helps you feel like you're, even though you're meeting the Connor that Evan's imagining, it feels like you're at least meeting someone. Exactly. And then, and this um, fucking, the dude is so charming. He's so good. Colton Ryan is Colton so Colton Ryan fucking, kills it. One of my notes is, uh, Colton Ryan is in a different, better movie. And then in a second subplot just went, oh, the different, better movie is just the girl from Plainville, which is the Michelle Carter yeah. miniseries that he was in, where then, he like, plays he, basically the same guy. And, and in the in the show, there is kind of an in, there's kind of an implication in the show that's a lot stronger than in the movie because in the movie we get to see a lot more of the grief of Connor was a fucking asshole mm-hmm. and just was an asshole, right? Versus in the movie we are establishing that like he isn't he has gone to rehab repeatedly he is getting we see him get actively bullied he like has he painted his nails and like that to me was like a detail that I was like that is in the stage show actually Mike Feist his nails are, mm-hmm. yeah that stands out to me really like that well yeah fine we get closer to it <laughs> I haven't seen the stage show yeah um but we we get kind of these like extra details about him that feel I don't know I just I just would have liked Connor to have been in more of it it would have been nice to see a little bit more and then because I also think having ghost Connor talking to Evan that feels like a, a, a serious it, it, lack of judgment to cut that out. I feel like it helps make us be like, Evan, you're kind of doing something shitty. Like, it, hel- it literally it humanizes Connor in a way. Yeah. To it's like a it- physical representation of being able to look at the way that Evan's putting words into this dead boy's yeah, mouth. exactly. And so I think that's why Sincerely Me is probably the best part of the movie is right. because we get that. We get that, like, visual representation of this dude is putting words in this of guy's mouth. Of these two fucking around with... Yeah. Yeah. Um... And Sincerely Me's done really fun because again it leads into that it's really it, well. Um, it it leans into my my overall like thought with movie musicals in that like you have to just admit you're making a musical and lean into the camp of it if you have to like when you make a movie musical it can't be it cannot be a movie or a musical yeah you kind of have to treat it as some piece yes exactly um, um, and yep. so. We do that weird fucking... He, we, we find out that he... We, we first are told he hasn't been in school for a few days. Because Evan... This this detail I did kind of like was frantically Googling and Redditing and everything his name to see if he had uploaded his... his that's absolutely something I would have done in high school. Something else that I would have done. I, my, my middle school blog was found in high school by people. And it was... I'm shocked I didn't kill myself. <laughs> the face you're making. <laughs> Well, yeah, that's, that's an, there's weird things in this yeah. that strike chords with me yeah. hard because I'm like, oh God. That's why it was like so important to me for like yeah. so much of my life. And I think why like a lot of people really clung to it back when it came out. And I feel like even before this movie came out, people were already starting to be like, 
hey guys, this plot's kind of weird. Right. And so I feel like it was actually a good opportunity for them to make adjustments. Lean into the uncomfort. That better the, fit yeah. the world that this movie would be going into. Made it more, made it feel more like what would happen in real life because that's what people expect exactly. more out of movies. So then he's called to the principal's office. And his parents, um, his, Connor's His mom are- and stepfather, <laughs> which they specify just so they can put that hot ass man in as a stepfather. <laughs> Whew. He is hot as hell. Larry Nick Murphy. Pino? Is that his name? Um, Danny Pino? Danny Pino? No, oh, yeah, I think he plays Nick in SVO. Danny Pino. He is hot as hell, acting his ass off. Yes, he is fine Nick, as hell. Nick Amaro in Law yes. and Order SVU. I love him so much. He's so attractive. <laughs> but they're like, hey, our son killed himself. We didn't think he had any friends, but we found this letter to you. Right. Uh, like, you know, with him. You know, yeah. he wanted you to have this. And so that kind of starts like the oh, this was the one friend Connor had. And so they start like inviting him over and start kind of talking to him to be like, we feel like we don't really know that much about him. Can you tell us anything? Right. Well, and th- Yeah, I think that also is part of what, I'm sorry, part of how it's like kind of implied it was the last straw because he didn't take the time to write a letter. He just like went home and killed himself. Right. The, the, the steps taken to get to the, the, the misunderstanding, the core misunderstanding are so kind of convenient and again somehow in the stage show it does feel more natural i think you're right and that it just feels like it just keeps happening and he can't get control you feel of it. bad for evan when you're watching because you're like that's but this one he fully says he's like no i'm gonna tell them the truth like right. at dinner tonight he goes over to their house and then they're just nice to him and he goes now nah, i'm gonna lie <laughs> or like Horribly he blocked he, he Horribly sees directed. he sees that cynthia who's amy adams and connor's mom really wants to hear good things about Connor because she starts fighting with Zoe that um Zoe was like there were no good things like like you know there were no good things stop acting like there were good things and so like I think Evan sees this it's like when you're over at a friend's house and their parents start fighting or like your friend starts fighting with their parents and you're just like and you're just like fuck shit what do I do and so instead of just kind of like not doing anything Evan goes we went to the apple orchard and he was there when I broke my arm and he came and saved me and he's also my best friend and we went to get ice cream and I know everything about him. There's something so gross in the movie about him writing him into his attempted suicide that I didn't feel in the stage show. But like, I'm like, dude, pick a different story. <laughs> Stop writing him into your one fucking story. Right. Yeah. Other shit is fine. He never had to tell a story. Exactly. Vague things about him would have been fine. But yeah. And so then they just kind of, it, it, it just, it just fucking snowballs from there. Um, right. Cause Cynthia's like, Oh, do you have any more? Like she's grasping at wanting more information about her dead son. Right. Like she desperately just wants information about him because she felt she was so far away right. from him. Well, it's also, it's more, it's a realistic portrayal in the fact that Zoe would remember him as he was when he died mm-hmm. because she's young and right. that's all she's known. Amy Adams, Cynthia would have raised him. And right. so what she would be missing really would be like her four, five, six-year-old boy. Right. But again, instead of going, sorry, no, we didn't have any emails we because didn't email we're a lot. 17-year-olds in 2021. Why would we be emailing? Why would we be emailing? Um, he goes to Jared and goes, I need you to help me backdate and send some emails. Which Jared agrees to do for money. Yeah. Jared's fucking baller. (laughs) And then he like prints out (laughs) or like he sends them all to Cynthia and she prints them all 
and I said to you, have you ever printed out an email? They look hideous when you print out emails. <laughs> and they sing Requiem, which I think this is the one thing I told you about this movie right. before, like when I first watched it. Right. Requiem was my favorite like song from the original stage show. I think the mm-hmm. harmonies are gorgeous. It still sounds great. It sounds great. very good. And it's like, it's the trio of the family singing. And someone thought it was a good idea to, to have split like split screen fades where it's like focused on zoe like it was a 90s music video and then you have cynthia's face fading right. in across the screen and then larry's face fading in across it it was just so badly edited that it made like one of the most heartbreaking songs of the show comical which is infuriating because the requiem was like almost got me yeah. in that the the bits of them walking down like him going to work, her in this grocery mm-hmm. store, her going to school, and everyone staring at them is yeah. heartbreaking. Yeah. And very good. Yeah. And like, bless her heart, the girl does what she can with what she's given in the first part of Just Zoe's so- like, solo. Mm-hmm. Uh, but that fucking editing's ridiculous. <laughs> it's the goofiest shit I've ever seen. And it doesn't need to be. Yeah. And it's, it's... <sighs> It's something you have to make a new choice. And on the stage, you've got to see everyone on the stage at the same time. They're in different it's spots. It's just so easy to just cut. We, we obviously see that you know how to cut back and yeah. forth between shots. You've done it many times in this movie. They don't have to be. I don't have to actively watch them sing everything. You can just have the harmonies going over other things. That's fine. And then so then Evan keeps coming over. Like they're basically adopting him to fill the void of their, of Connor, which then gets weird when him and Zoe start dating. It's but that hasn't happened time. yet. It's fine. Yeah. <laughs> but he like keeps going over, keeps like blowing off his mom. They also cut his mom's role a He's lot. an asshole to his mom. Yeah. I said, and I said this, if he were 13, I might be more okay with the way he's treating his mom. Mm-hmm. She's a single mom. Mm-hmm. She's a nurse. And he's like mad she won't do taco night with him. <laughs> At this point in his life, approaching 18 and moving out, I think he would have a lot more sympathy that for, she's working for who she is, yeah. what she does, the fact that she has to. Mm-hmm. He's a whiny little bitch baby in this. He's a <laughs> baby back bitch in this. Some other notes I have from, you know, before this part in the movie and like this part of the movie. Um, love in teen movies when everyone gets the same notification at the same fucking time. Yeah. Because that happens when Connor dies and it happens later where you just hear a bunch of, first of all, everyone has sound notifications right. on which nobody does Mm-mm. no no teenager right now has their phone off of vibrate well they also just all took out their phones blatantly in the middle of a presentation at school so i don't know what the rules are in this fake universe um that, was, that would have been a lot at my school would not have been a lot of mine well maybe they're in tennessee <laughs> maybe but they all you know you hear a bunch of pings and they're all looking at their phone as if they got like a fucking amber alert that Connor killed right. himself. Right, and it is weird too because they all get the same alert but like kind of staggered so then you can see different groups kind of reacting so I'm like well now hold on. So it was it so like something, so the T-Mobile kids got, the, got it first and Verizon kids don't get it for like another 10 seconds. Not how Instagram works. One of one of my notes is just Amy Adams and Caitlin Dever. Yeah. Because <laughs> I think they're doing well. They're doing a good job. They are doing a good job. They're they're they are acting. Um, Amy Adams is doing a very good job. She's doing a very good job. Julianne Moore also does like well with what she's given. Yeah. She's not given a lot. No, they 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 her character's butchered. Which sucks because Heidi in the stage musical is the most heartbreaking role. Like Rachel B. Jones won a Tony for that. And yeah. like her performance was one of the best things I'd ever seen. Like I think she is honestly probably what makes it more uh watchable for adults. Yeah. 
my mom sobbed at So Big, So Small the first time we right. like even every time we saw it, I think, because like that's a very gorgeous song like about, you know, mother right. and, you know, kid relationships that then loses all of its meaning when we haven't spent any time with Heidi Anything. up until that point. None. So like I'm shocked they kept it in, but didn't keep Good For You. Because Good For You is also like shows that And fun. More fun. Well, and Good For You shows that she's mad at him right. and then because that's what makes so big so small so good is that like she's like i know i was mad at you earlier but i still love you I'm no still matter what you. i'm still your mom yeah so like without that emotional climax of her being pissed at him because like they have that one fight yeah but good for you is her like screaming <laughs> and without that so big so small loses all of its emotional right. weight because the whole point so is like yeah everyone's mad at you i'm i was mad at you but i'm still here i'm still your mom I'm not, I'm not, you can fuck up. And I'm still going to be here. Come hell or high water, I will be here. Which is, I I think Nancy cried at that because she went, oh, that's me too. My kids fuck up so bad and I'm still there. Right. (laughs) Well, and it's- it's, Nancy went, my daughter got sued and I'm still on her side. (laughs) I hate, I hate the approach of following Evan in this. It's much more effective to follow just the general story. Yes. Because you get to see good people making mistakes kind of everywhere. Yeah. And then there's Alana who's a fucking bitch the whole time. Um, <laughs> and then they fucking give Alana a song. A, first of all, bad song. A bad song that conveys basically the same message as Disappear. Yes. Like, I, I, I can't imagine that this song does anything that Disappear and Good For You. Because we also, we not only get a new song, we get a reprise later. I'm furious. <laughs> and it's literally just been like, everyone's sad. We all have secrets. Some of us are more sad than others. You're not the only one who's depressed. What pills are you on? Like, it's... Yeah, we have, first of all, a very, honestly, very clunky conversation leaning into it, where she's like, people like us, what meds are you on? I'm on Lexapro, 10 milligrams, or whatever the fuck. And he is on... He's on, he's on Zoloft. Zoloft. Wellbutrin. Wellbutrin. And Ativan as needed. Now, for someone as anxious as him, Wellbutrin would not be on the table. Because well, Wellbutrin is for depression, right? I am on Wellbutrin because my... <laughs> the, I take Prozac for OCD and anxiety. Right. And it works so well that I get depressed. So I have to right. take Wellbutrin to kind of... It's like, it's like the floors are kind of... The ceiling is brought down and the floor is brought up. Right. Although I guess if he was that... Like if he was, I guess he does have depression because he he's writing his letter saying everything's bad and I'm gonna go jump out of a tree. Yeah. Like I think anxiety is his main thing, but I think he does have depression with it. I don't know. That's the thing is, it's the the symptoms are so inconsistent. Yeah. Because he is so um, fidgety. Yeah. And he like some of the things that make it feel like an autistic uh, caricature is like when he's in the hallways. And the way that he kind of is folded in on himself and like reacts so strongly to like the smallest stimuli. Mm-hmm. And I don't know if it was Ben Platt being like, this is what an awkward teenager would feel like or what, but it just, it's not, it does not read well. It's not good. Sorry, I'm looking at uses for Ativan. It does seem like it can be as, like it, like uh, similar to Xanax uh-huh. where it isn't as needed. Um, no, it won't do shit for you if you drop it on the ground and it goes all over <laughs> the fucking floor. <laughs> Now, we have seen between this and Midsommar that it's not effective. <laughs> doesn't help. If you're, you, the psychiatrist, the movie psychiatrist recommending Ativan to everyone has caused a lot of disasters. <laughs> Which, and this is the other thing, that's so much fucking medication for a teenager. Right. Well, and, and, and we were talking about, um, 
at least when we were teenagers. Right. Neither of us were medicated until college. And when this came out, when the what this the context that this was released in mm-hmm. originally the content the, the the subject matter. Right. And again, I don't know how current teenagers are. I think there is like a more open discussion on like therapy and medication. There but is. like at least when we were in high school, I didn't know personally know anyone who was medicated. I was not medicated until junior year of college. Yeah. Like well, and, and, well and, and the fact that he's on that many medications and is in therapy and then this later week- she's like I didn't know right that's not the, that's not when I would when when I was on meds I had to do the whole thing myself because mm-hmm. my mom did and and that's the generation I think I I, I went on them without telling my mom of too. moms are because our moms are like roughly this yeah and when this came out was exactly this exactly this did not don't think you should do meds unless you absolutely have to i went on we're both on prozac yes i went on prozac and i am also on opiatrin yes and then told my mom about it because Mm -hmm. i was 21 at that time i was like i want to make this decision for myself i don't know if because i was always an anxious kid i don't know if i've told it on the pod the stories of me just crying after lunch because i was so scared we were gonna get in trouble and you felt bad for your teacher yeah (laughs) because the kids were too loud because everyone was too loud um i very clearly had anxiety and possibly ocd no i had i had i've yeah. And Sorry. even my mom as, like, someone who was not against medication. Your mom's a doctor. My mom's a doctor. I don't think she would have medicated me in high school. My mom wouldn't have medicated me. I thought that I wasn't um, able to orgasm because I was on Prozac. Turns out I was just with a man who was bad at sex. I thought I wasn't able to orgasm because something was wrong with me. And then when I told my gynecologist, <laughs> she asked how old my boyfriend was. And I said, 19. And she went, you're fine. <laughs> I give it a little more time. She was right. I went to my mom crying because I was like... Because my mom had like told me that that was a side effect that mm-hmm. like could happen with Prozac, and I went to her and I was like, "Remember that side effect you told me about with Prozac? Like, right. I think that may be happening." She's like, "Okay, like, you know, w- w- you you can figure it out." Um, a few months later, I got dumped, bought myself a vibrator, and the problem was solved. <laughs> now I don't know that Evan has this issue, but yeah, pretty much. <laughs> I just want I just wanted to break up the medication talk with a fun little story. Well, it's hard. I mean, yeah, it's, a, it's such it's such like a heavy conversation, but that's I don't that's the thing is they just bring it up lightly. Right. Which it, is how I feel about, like, how, what I've said about representation, where yeah. people are doing it without being, like... This could have been a very... The logic. This could have been, an, like, a very nuanced um, take. One thing that is interesting. This was directed by Stephen Chbosky. Oh, of course. Give me, like, 30 more seconds. <laughs> Before you completely discredit I'm me. I'm listening affirmatively. <laughs> I'm doing active listening. He wrote and directed the movie for Perks of Being a Wallflower. And I feel like that explains, I feel like that explains a lot because a a teen movie about mental health in 2012 is going to be very different from a teen movie about mental health in 2022. And he directed them the same. Plus when you add songs. Yeah. This was, I think, the third movie he ever directed. (laughs) The only movies he had directed were Perks of Being a Wallflower, which was based on his novel. Mm -hmm. The movie Wonder, where Jacob Tremblay plays the kid with like the fucked up face. Oh, yeah, yeah. And then this movie. So I think he got this movie because Perks he had being a done Perks was Being done a Wallflower. Well. It was done well, but again, was a musical. And right. was, I don't think that movie would be made the same way it was in 2012 now. Right. It, the reason people liked it so much because it was It was unique. kind of, yeah. People, it, was, it was not, it was kind of, before, we, we hadn't we seen the Perks of Being the Wallflower. Exactly. Um, he also did write the book for the... <laughs> For the Beauty and the Beast live action remake. Oh, my favorite. Steven Chbosky. I love Perks of Being Wallflower. I really do. But, buddy. 
Buddy, we gotta talk. I don't think you have. I don't think you have your plague time ra- timeline right in uh, Beauty and the Beast. <laughs> I'm be honest with you. Um, Jesus. Yeah. So we get this incredibly clunky conversation with Amanda. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Her name's not Amanda. Amanda Steinberg plays the character. Her name's Alana. And they're talking because she wants to like start this project for Connor, right? Which is fucking rude. It's not her place. It's not her place at all. But like we see that she's kind of the that stereotype of the person who just like keeps going, following causes because she needs to be in charge of something. We get the very played out fucking concept of the girl who is getting all A's, Mm -hmm. seems like her life's great, but she's deeply unhappy. We've gotten, we've had this story. Also, she's dressed so nicely and is so pretty. And I just, that matters in high school. Yeah. I looked like shit in high school. <laughs> I also looked like because shit. Because I didn't feel good. <laughs> like, she's wearing some of the cutest outfits I've ever seen. <laughs> like, yeah, where's she shopping? Is she going to ASOPs? Well, no, also it's kind of confusing that, like, they're putting that with the, the whole medication thing. So it's yeah. like, so no one's being treated properly in this movie, it sounds like. Right. Not that medication solves everything, but if you're at the point where you're on medication and you're still so deeply unhappy, you should be taught, like, this is not, you're not medicated correctly. Right. I, I, I think that's actually a pretty good point. If some kid sees this and goes, well, he's on three medications and is still ruining a family's life. Yeah, she's like, I'm, I'm on medication and I'm so miserable that I cry regularly and can't be happy no matter what I do. Um, we, we skipped over, although we, we kind of talked about it earlier, um, if I could tell her where... Um, Evan, such a creepy interpretation of Evan. <laughs> looks like he's there's only a three year age difference between Ben Platt and Caitlin Dever, and yet <laughs> looks especially um, because, like I said earlier, it's intercut with like flashbacks of him like following her throughout school and like watching everything she does. Like there's one part where she's you know dancing with her friends, and at, he's first of all there, which is wild. Like a school dance, and he's just on the bleachers watching her. And I went, "Why did he go?" <laughs> First off, if he was so anxious that he can't order a pizza because he's too afraid of having to talk to the pizza man, he would not be going to a middle school dance. <laughs> um, and so then he like admits her love, his love for her, under the guise of these are the things that Connor loved Con- about Connor you. said about you. So he's lying to her. Yeah, because she's like, my brother did not care about me. He never. Like, we were not close. And he's like, he thought you were pretty. Uh. Uh, I mean, great. <laughs> he noticed that you fill out quizzes, which I then say, so is she taking teen magazines to school with her and filling out the quizzes and leaving them behind? Which, again, not something you do in 2021. You're just doing BuzzFeed quizzes. Not a thing that's... Just I don't do understand how we quizzes. found that. But yeah, yeah. And like, that's the thing, is that... Um, this, this musical shocks me that it was released you know, 2015, 2016, because it feels like 2004. Yeah. <laughs> like, all of the... It, it, like, obviously, it has, like, the modern-day social media. When was Next to Normal? 2009. It's It feels set in the same time as Next to Normal. Yeah, but, like, with... But they still have TikTok. They have TikTok, but they're still doing physical teen magazine quizzes. Which is annoying. The thing that annoys me, and I don't mean to sound old, TikTok changed things. Mm-hmm. The access to TikTok is being kind of brushed over and things. It, I think, has vastly changed how generations yeah. are growing up. I yeah. said that as someone with a 15-year-old sister. Yeah. Um, kids these... <laughs> kids, kids these days! I don't know what's wrong with these kids. Kids, if you are like, I feel alone, I want, I'm want. i on medication, I don't think anyone else is, you can go on TikTok and find thousands of other people right. who are openly talking about it every yeah. stage of their life, telling you exactly what's going on. Um, you couldn't find that before TikTok, really. And we see the, like moment he goes viral is the you will be found thing where like he's supposed to give a speech 
Um, this pisses me off because he. They're like, oh, can you? God, this is so. This is we're at, we're at that point. So at this point, Amy Adams has given him the tie, mm-hmm. which is like a whole thing in the musical too. Which again is used as a way to be like Connor sucked. <laughs> he didn't. He didn't get invited to any bar mitzvahs. No, that and she's like, and we got him all this, and he didn't appreciate it. Like it's a lot of. First of all, I was invited to one bar mitzvah, not a single Sweet Sixteen. Same. Kids threw things at me in class. He goes up on stage with his little fucking flashcards, and you made the good point of who writes a speech on flashcards anymore. No, you would have paper. You would just have it on a paper. Why or you have your phone. Anything. Have it on your fucking I phone. I mean, clearly phones are left and right in this fucking movie. It does not matter. Kids start doing a thing that I don't think would happen, which is when he, like, drops his cards or whatever. Sorry. First of all, he did not need to tell a fake story. <laughs> Again, easily could have gone on and been like, I knew Connor. He was a great guy really wish he had known that like we were all there for him and said he's like on june 1st of 2020 <laughs> we went out to an orchard and i'm like you don't you didn't need to do any of that no one requested a, a fucking uh, an anecdote from you you could have just done the bare minimum but then he drops his shit and people start recording and laughing at him see you say that wouldn't happen i do think it would because kids are mean <laughs> his family was there kids they know his family's there kids are mean i so kids are mean that's fair but I don't think that many kids are that mean. <laughs> Honestly, it's set up like a funeral is the weird thing, too, is they have, like, the giant picture of him and flowers. Well, and what's weird, and I think we talked about this while we were watching it, <laughs> I don't think this would go as viral as they're saying no. it's going. And because it, nothing even happens in it. It's just a kid making a speech, and you're right, like, in the world of this being realistic, he wouldn't be singing a nice little song. No. He would just be, like, saying these words. Plus, you were right in that the mic fell. No one could hear <laughs> shit. No one hears shit of what he's doing. Um, but like the same thing happens in the the prom, both musical and movie, where like people wildly overestimate what goes viral. Where you think that you can, in the year twenty twenty one, sit in front of a camera and say you're not alone, and it'll get billions of views. I mean, it's so fucking stupid. Like it's one thing for it to go viral, like maybe in their community, right? It would not. The pro- the only he way- would not be at. Like being on, right. I'm surprised they didn't like write in a subplot of him being on Ellen. At least, seriously, I, I, I at least in I, the prom, it's like connect. It's like she sits down actively and records a video, right? Uh, and it's like connected to a story, and it's, it's still like, wildly over. And like it goes viral, but like among queer teens, yeah, it goes viral so like, in the sense that they're like, this, this is, is an injustice. You, you pointed out that they show like a little clip of it going to number one on YouTube. That means that it beat Gangnam Style. <laughs> No, I think it was like maybe like the trending page, but Fine. even then, that means it beat like one of those. Like, First of all, all the dodo videos, which is like, not possible. I was gonna say like the, that kid who just like unboxes toys. And one of the captions for the video was like, "His best friend died, and then he did this." And I'm like, "There's YouTube would fuck it. YouTube comments would tear you a new one if you tried to pull that shit." <laughs> It is, it is a wild, wild west on YouTube comments right now. There's no way in hell they'd be like, this is fine that you did this. All the kids are recording vertically, the fucking assholes. <laughs> well, because like they're posting on TikTok or Instagram stories. And then that one weirdo did YouTube. And then one guy posted on YouTube. One very unhappy intern at the Dodo was like, oh, God, fuck this. <laughs> it's so bad. Yeah, it's just so dumb. And, and so, and so and then, it, it, you buy it in the show. Because again, they like... It feels more like moms sharing it on Facebook in the show. Right. Like, again, I do think that you're right. Like, on this in the stage show, it feels like a thing being shared on Facebook, which is this, this is the type of thing that would, like, be shared on Facebook right. by, like, 40-year-old moms. Right. Um, here, we, like, see it on, like, TikTok and we Instagram. We see, like, yeah, clearly they don't know how Instagram stories work. Because, like, in the middle of... The, 
She would be in the, she, the one of the girls came up on Instagram stories and she was in the middle of her sentence and it was the first video on her story, the beginning of it. Meaning that she just, there's, this wasn't a continuation on a story. Her first story she posted was an incomplete video of her saying something. <laughs> and I know that it's just a detail of them not putting the slider in the right place, but I'm like, what are you um, doing? And then we have the second best editing choice in this movie where... Like like that fucking PowerPoint yes. transition where it turns everything into little square pixels. We like see all of these people making videos. Because again, this is also implying, at least in the stage when we hear the voices over you will be found like the, like it sounds like comments. Yeah. Um, I always read it as people commenting. Yes. This, we see people making video reactions. Whole videos. <laughs> Entire video responses. To what, I mean, essentially in the real world with him being, be being like, this kid don't died, but kill you're, yourself. You're not alone. And people are like, this is fucking mind-blowing. And all of the screens like, come together in like a little like whirlpool of like that fucking PowerPoint transition. <laughs> and, and I like started laughing and I went, no, watch. And you went, is it going to turn to his face? And I went, no worse. And you went, is it going to turn into Connor's face? And it does. And the thing is that's wild is that it's so gross that in a different tone, it could have worked. I, I, the, the note I have, first of all, I have a note saying, please stop, ha- please stop having Ben Platt look into the camera. I am scared. Um, I think <laughs> seriously. And then um, whoever chose the PowerPoint transition of all the tiny squares becoming Connor's face deserves the death penalty. <laughs> now, if this had been set in a world of like he's making a bad decision, I could dig it. Yeah, again, like so that is something that I is so it's so gross to look at that it could have worked <laughs> if they intentionally used it for that purpose. And so then, because he's going viral, they start a crowdfunding campaign for the Connor project to like build an orchard, reopen the orchard. Which is fucking rude. Whatever the fuck. It is, Alana doing that, and I think in the show is pretty clearly, she's doing it because she wants the extra extracurricular. Yeah. It is Um, not genuine. Right. And And it is wild for her to put together something called the Connor Project without the family's input. Well, she she goes to Evan and is like, can you get their blessing? Right, after she's already made (laughs) buttons and flyers. And she didn't know him. Right. Zoe and Evan start dating, because of course they fucking do. Which is very, like... So gross. It's gross, especially because I feel like the movie, even more so than the stage play, ups the he is their second son vibe. Um, Amy Adams does a very good job. She does such a good job that she feels genuinely, like, mentally not not in the spot to be doing this. Right. Which she isn't. Right. This soon after this, they would not be doing dinners and shit. That's their way to... There is a significant period of just... I mean, I know everyone grieves differently, but there's going to be at least a period of time... Such as, like, putting the funeral together, where they're busy doing <laughs> shit. But yeah. this is literally the thir- three days after he kills himself, they tell Evan and then have him come over for dinner. Right. And then they invite Evan's mom, Heidi, over for dinner. And this is a thing that I always that always rubbed me weird in the stage play, where basically Evan tells Zoe that his family is poor. Because, like, his mom is, like, giving him all these, like, scholarship essays or whatever to, right. so that he can get scholarships which is college. also weird because in this sh- in the movie he has a pretty nice house yeah, they have a really nice house in the show all you see is a couch <laughs> so all you know is that they might only have a couch and so then obviously Zoe tells her parents this and they sit Heidi down and they're like hey we you know really respect Evan he's obviously dating our daughter now we see him as part of our family none of this is weird for us we all think this is great we have a f- college fund that we had set aside for Connor you know who's dead now, Yeah, we would like to give that to Evan. Mm-hmm. 
And I understand if Heidi didn't want to take that, but she goes, she gets so angry. So angry at this, at this family that is, is grieving. grieving. Has and just is, lost their son. And is trying to do something. And is genuinely trying to be nice. And is trying to do something with the money they saved for their son that they, he won't be able to use because he's that, dead. And it, honestly, they're not doing it for Evan. They're doing it because they want to see the money go towards a boy going to college. Yeah. And she's like, no, actually, we have money. I'm right. sorry that he told you we didn't have money. Like, And then she gets up and fucking leaves. Like, it just, it... Which I, I it's like, I, again, I feel like it is a, a legitimate reaction, but we don't have nearly enough time with her for it to not feel shitty. I think, and I think in the stage show, I can't remember, I think she's more cordial to the Murphys yes. and then goes off on Evan, on Evan which I yeah. think that would have been just like, no, I'm so like. It's a little tight and uncomfortable because she does take it as a slight to her. Right. Which is, it, within her character makes sense than that because she's working her ass off this whole show right. and he's not happy. Right. And she's paying for his therapy. Her, paying for his, his, his father fucking left. He's, she's been doing everything on her own. She's paying for his therapy that he's not going to, paying for his meds that he stops taking. Yeah. Like, at one point he's like, oh, I didn't go to it. And she's like, those aren't free and i'm like no she's fucking right yeah they're not no free. i think like her reaction to evan makes sense makes sense i feel like <laughs> yelling at the woman who just lost her child is a bit harsh it was like it was rough um and then uh, the, we did we did miss only us which was fucking gross it's the same notes i have from i do want to know if i could tell her only us starts with her showing up at his fucking house out of nowhere and she's like, oh, is your room upstairs? And he's like, mm, my room. And I'm like, gross. And then when they go up, they cut to her taking off her it's jacket. It's sensual. And it's like a long cut of his reaction to her. <laughs> he has a, he definitely has a boner. Removing her jean jacket. At her removing her jean jacket. And I was like, immediately gross. Making it sexual, immediately nasty. And then she's like, hey, can we not fucking talk about my brother all the time? Which I get. I get. That's fair. Yeah. Like, I don't blame her. Maybe don't date the guy who was your brother's only friend and that you met because your brother killed himself. Right. And I think in the show, it feels, it genuinely does feel more like had Evan met her, they mm. would have dated. Right. In this, it is 100% only because her brother died and he's in charge of this Connor project. Yeah. That they end up together. Yeah. Uh, so that's, I think that's part of why it feels even grosser. Because at least in that one, it's like. Well, and in the stage show, Zoe is also shown as a little bit more awkward. Yeah. And like she's a band kid, she's like kind of a geek, and yeah, he. We don't see clips of him following her around. <laughs> it really is more. It gives more of a vibe of like, I have a crush on her. She's super cool. I don't have the confidence to talk to her. Yeah. And the other one, it feels like she, he's like, I know what she smells like. <laughs> <laughs> and then Alana starts to like read through the emails and go, Huh? Why are they all about this story of you falling out of a tree? legitimately what she says yeah she's she's like hey these don't line up and like she starts to basically like doubt it he's like no she she walks up and just were you really friends bold way to start that conversation bold way to start that conversation in public and so to get her off which she which she does this because he starts and after uh, sorry after uh only us he starts to not do the connor project as much yeah he starts neglecting everything and we see the connor project start to kind of fail a little bit which would naturally happen. That has nothing to do with Evan. People lose. It's that's not attention demands don't work that way. People mm-hmm. were not going to care about Connor for very long. Mm-hmm. And honestly, it's weird that she does. She does in the in the show because it's a extracurricular activity, mm-hmm. which is realistic. Mm-hmm. And I do have the question: Why did they have to buy the orchard? Why couldn't they just put up a sign? I think they had to reopen it, but obviously the trees are still there. Did they have to replant all the trees? Who is managing the orchard now? But <laughs> someone to- has to like pick those apples and sell them. To get her off his back, he sends her the like suicide note therapy right. letter, Which, and, again, and is like, 
uh, don't show this to anyone. But I will email you a copy. It's a man's suicide note, um, but just, you know, so you can know, like, to prove it. And then she starts being like, well, so many people are relying on this. I have to post it. Everyone has troubles, like me. So I, Yeah, this, this is, is when she's singing her little reprise. And so then the suicide note makes everyone start attacking the family. Which does happen in the stage show. Which does happen in the stage show. Because people are like, well, why is he writing a suicide note to Evan, not his family? No one goes, this doesn't feel like a suicide note. <laughs> this feels like a really confusing note. And then they just start fucking attacking the Murphys. Yeah. They invite Evan over because he's just always fucking over. And he goes over there. And she literally, Toby's like, it's not great in here. And then leaves the door open. <laughs> well, because they, they don't, they don't, like, they don't blame, blame him. him. They have no idea how it got there. Right. Well, and they're also, to, to their knowledge, like, yes, this was the suicide note. Like, I don't, I don't think they ever said, you know, don't post this anywhere. No. I don't know. And so. Such a dick move for her to post it. I don't yeah. think they need, I don't think that they nearly enough kind of sit on that for a second. And so then they're all fighting and they're blaming each other. Like Amy Adams and Hot Dad are like yelling at each other saying like, you didn't want him to go to rehab. And he was like, well, you like kept forcing him, kept forcing him, kept forcing him. And then she comes in with, you never loved him because he wasn't yours. <laughs> Which even Zoe in the in the movie goes, mom, whoa. Because we find out. He's raised since the two is three. That their dad died when Zoe was one, one. And, and Connor, Connor was, was three. three. He's been there for all of it. And she was like, Connor remembers our dad. No, he doesn't. I Most don't remember shit doesn't. from before six. I barely remember my dad now when he's alive <laughs> when I'm 23. <laughs> They're like, oh yeah, Evan, like you tell us, you know, you, you read his suicide note and he's like, I wrote it. As if, it's weird too that they're like, Evan, you read it as if the rest of them hadn't. And so then he, um, <laughs> the content of the note is stupid. And then he scream cries that words fail and no one seems mad at him. Amy Adams is just like, I think you should go. Does great. She looks. Oh, she does fantastic devastated. in this. Everyone does fantastic except for Ben. <laughs> words fail is where I think it's the worst. Mm-hmm. Um, because again, he's like, he's belting really high and like doing like this very operat, like, yeah. And they're all just like, wow, this is crazy. They're not, the, 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 they're, a choice was not made that needed to be made. Mm-hmm. And I think it's the most clear in Words Fail because right. Words Fail works in a show setting. Mm-hmm. It is delivered to the audience. It is representative of kind of him having this, this thing fall in on him, on him. And it sounds good in a show because it's like, you get the real emotion, he's belting, he's screaming, et cetera, et cetera. It sounds way too polished in the movie. We also, and this, this is one of the reasons I miss Ghost Connor, is around Words Fail is in the stage show when we find out via Ghost Connor that he did not fall from the tree, he let go. Yes. And it's actually a very... It, it, it's it is interesting. A, it is a very touching... I remember the first time I gasped. <laughs> like, because there was no indication up until that point that right. he did anything but fall from the tree. Like, it was kind of like, you know, they're having like this fight, you know, which is really because Ghost Connor isn't real, a fight within Evan's head. Right. And he just goes, did you fall from that tree or did you let go? And there was just like silence. And it's like actually very powerful. And instead we just get... <laughs> This flashback of Ben Black climbing a tree, staring and just going, what? In like a Boy Scout uniform. And so like, again, that just, it makes it a lot less it's, weighty. He, but Evan just feels so much more like a person in the musical. Yeah. Like he, because that's the thing is that you are shocked. You're like, oh my God, I, mm-hmm. he, I didn't realize that he was, in this movie, I'm like, yeah, no shit. <laughs> Look at him. I don't want to kill myself too. Look at him. We've cut to that scene of him falling off that tree so many fucking times. 
And then we get to So Big, So Small, which doesn't... Does not work. It still hits me a little bit, but not really. I think... I hate that they in, she introduces it as her telling a story specific. Like, she's like, do you remember this? Yeah. And then sings it. Versus when... In, in the show, it feels... And this, I think the song itself is written more as her being like, here's a time that I fucked up. Yeah. And I don't know... I Like, I don't know what to say to you other than just to give you... To tell you about this yeah. kind of like this moment where I also felt like my world was falling apart. Yeah, here it feels like she's just telling a story, <laughs> um, and it, it and it's so weird to just only have them sitting there and cutting back and forth to them. I just, as much as I love this song and I think it's like a very important song, it feels out of place in this movie. If you were gonna cut the rest of the stuff, you it, it, if you were gonna cut every other one of Heidi's songs, why keep like yeah? It it, it just feels. like... I wish you would have just kept good for you. Yeah. And um, I would forgive you for cutting to break in a glove. I won't. I won't either. <laughs> she lied. Such a fucking missed opportunity, too, with him being a stepdad to actually make a point. I know. And he's doing so good. And he's so hot. Sorry. And then he uploads a video confessing the truth, whatever the fuck. Because we find out that the Murphys aren't exposing him because they don't want him to kill himself. To kill himself. <laughs> Which is fair. And Zoe says, they, my mom said she doesn't want to lose another son. And I went, well, hold on now. One of them was actually your son. And one of them was porking your daughter. <laughs> and d- did it entirely through deceit. <laughs> the fact that there's no anger there is completely unrealistic. Right. I'm shocked that <laughs> Nick Amaro, that's not his name. That's his name in uh, Law and Order. It's not his name in that. Um, Danny, Danny Pino. Danny Pino. I'm shocked he doesn't go shoot Evan. <laughs> I would shoot Evan. Yeah. And then and I'd go, give me my baseball back. And then he starts reaching out to everyone who knew Connor and like starts doing his own research, which I'm like, no, at this point, you've been told to stay away from this family. Stay away from this family. Yeah. So he starts like reaching out to people and collecting things, and then eat, like fucking change schools, giving USBs to the Mailing family them. and Alana and Jared. Jared. Jared is almost funny in that he feels like an audience insert. Yeah. Where they'll just cut to him intermittently and he'll be like, oh shit, this is not good. <laughs> And then it just fucking ends with Zoe and Evan at the orchard. And she's like, yeah, I wanted you to see it. Wish we could have met now. And I'm like, no, I don't think you would have liked him. <laughs> no, and I love how he's like, I've never been here. I'm like, why, why include that detail? <laughs> You're such a dick. And then that's... Which they did successfully buy the orchard. I guess. When they could have, I mean, again, if it's, is it abandoned? They didn't need to reopen it. They could have just put a sign up. They said it was closed. Like, they had they had to reopen it. Right. I don't know if the trees were gone or what. That's what I mean. Like, this, so they had to reopen it to a functioning apple orchard? I don't know. People have to take care of those things. <laughs> oh, God. Yeah, no, it's... And the, it's funny, because in the movie, literally, I was sitting there, I was like, don't tell them. Yeah. Honestly, don't tell them. It is better at this... Before, up until the suicide note, I was like, just fucking ride this. Yeah. It's better. It's better for everyone if you just ride it. <laughs> Like, it feels awful, but, like, it's too late. Yeah. Because him standing there and going, he didn't write it, we were never friends, I made everything up, feels fucking cruel as hell. Yeah. It's the truth. And I think he has to at that point, because it's, like, the whole fucking... Although, even then, maybe not. Maybe I still would be, like, don't... It's better not to. Yeah. I don't... It's... It's morally awful. (laughs) But it is one of those things where I'm almost, like, maybe just slowly fade away. Don't date the daughter. And slowly kind of just get yourself out of it again. Right. You can maybe be like, yeah, we were friends. I guess, I'm assuming he made him a fake email address. Maybe then he should have sat down and been like, maybe I'm making a mistake by making an email address for someone who's dead. The vocal performances were uh, recorded live. Oh. Yeah. 
That's that's why you can hear him fucking choking back snot the entire time. I figured time. he was just doing that in the fucking recording booth. That makes sense, though. It does feel very natural. Does it? <laughs> does that, I want you to repeat that. Not Evan. Not Evan. Zoe. I'll say Zoe specifically feels very natural. I want you to repeat that to me one more time. Zoe feels very natural. Everyone feels natural except for him. It literally feels like he's a Muppet. We have once again gone through the entire plot of a movie and just have to do both of our movies oh, back shit. to back. I didn't know when to do mine. Yeah, this isn't like a heavy. This could have been a two-parter, given how much loaded shit we have related to this movie. Yeah. But yeah, it just sucks, because this movie could have been good. Right. And I think there was really an opportunity to take the complaints people had, were starting to have about the stage show, and reinvent them. Make it a good movie. And make it, make it like a lesson. Like, yeah. being like, a hey, don't fucking do this. Yeah. Well, especially because the, the, the show is closing or did close. Is closing, I think, in September. And that is not necessarily related to the movie. We don't know. We don't know. But they could have made this movie good and it could have outlasted the stage show. Mm-hmm. And then would have felt... On, it could have been a really good fucking story. I guess this is actually a good a good segue to my minigame. Because this movie got absolutely fucking banned. <laughs> no shit. And, you know... Which, again, is a shame because some people are good. I didn't want to put effort into a minigame. <laughs> That's fair. That was kind of me, the last one. And so I'm also bringing back an old minigame for my my movie I hate. I'm bringing back the letterboxed game, except this is kind of like, um, you know, when you were like, oh, this is to prove to you, you know, that Chippendale Rescue Rate, like you're right about it. This is like how it ranks in comparison to these other movies. I have here only reviews, letterboxed reviews of this movie and Cats 2019 that I think it is hard to distinguish. Because like we all universally acknowledge Cats 2019 is a dumpster fire. I haven't seen it and I think I refuse to see it. And so I want to read you these and I want you to guess whether it's about Dear Evan Hansen 2021 or Cats 2019 to see if you can tell a difference between reactions to Process these two movies. All about both. Between the movie about a boy killing himself and the movie where the cats don't have buttholes. You ready? And so the first one's Cats? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, um... The magical Mr. Mistopheles actually commits suicide halfway through. No, is it? The Cats 2019 too, if I'm correct, didn't they have an issue because Jason Derulo's penis was too big? Yeah, they had to make it smaller. Bigger. <laughs> Giant penis. All right. First one. Yes. Half of a star. Probably the most remarkable thing about this film is that you really never get used to the fact that they look like that. Even in the late moments of this 137-minute film, I was still jolted by occasional cuts to this Inland Empire-esque facial contortions and body language that have been seen in cinema only once before, in F.W. Murnau's expressionist classic Nosferatu. See, this is crazy, because that sure sounds like it's about cats, but that's the exact runtime of Dear Evan Hansen. <laughs> You don't know how long cats... I don't, but that's wild either way. A later sentence. I don't know if you're going to get this reference, but a later sentence in this review is, the casting surely ranks among the most misguided, disastrous decisions in cinema history right around John Landis telling Vic Morrow and the kids to stand there. Okay, I'm going to go with this is Dear Evan Hansen. This is Dear Evan Hansen. Um, Why do they look like that? Don't be mean to everyone else. No, it, it says that he looks okay, like that. I just, okay, okay. I just, I changed a pronoun. Gotcha. Some of these I'm going to edit. So that I was sitting there, I was thinking like, <laughs> so that I don't say the name Dear Evan Hansen in it. Dear Evan Hansen was worse than this movie, Cats 2019, <laughs> for which I'm writing a review. A lot of the reviews for Dear Evan Hansen. For like, Reference Cats? For both, actually. Like, a, there's a lot of cross-referential <laughs> reviews. Because they're both abysmal and they could have been good. Okay, half a star. 
Yes. As a man who has been through the musical theater ringer, I can confidently say that this is one of the worst things, if not the worst things, that I have seen this year. It is incompetent at all of the aspects that set apart a musical from a normal film. The singing on all parts is bone-chillingly awful, even for people cast who can actually sing. As for aspects that fall under the actual filming aspect, the acting is subpar on all counts, and the mess of a story resembles a poorly baked cookie, just crumbling at the slightest breeze. Cats. This is Cats. (laughs) That feels like it was specifically at Taylor Swift. No, people say she's the best part of the movie. No, I know, but the fact that they said they're all bad, even for people who I know can sing. (laughs) Half a star. Everyone involved needs to go to jail. Darren Hansen. That's Cats. (laughs) Honestly, fair, but... Zero star ratings. You can give zero star ratings. Yeah, you can just not get, like, it's not giving it, you just don't... Oh, you just put any stars. no opinion. Yeah. God is dead. Cats. As cats. <laughs> there is there is a nuance in reactions to things where there's more anger at like the like the, the movie itself for Darwin Hansen. Cats, there's so much indignation over just its existence that people are just so, so upset about. One and a half stars. Absolutely skin crawling. The amount of pure horror contained in this is incredible. A never ending parade of what the fuck. I'm so confused. Cats. Dear Evan Hansen. <laughs> really? What happened to that person? Half a star. September 1st, 1939. Adolf Hitler invades Poland. World War II begins. Casualties, 70 to 85 million. August 8th, 1969. The Manson family murders take place, shaking American society to its core. Casualties, 35. September 11th, 2001. The World Trade Center is attacked. Casualties, 2,996. The day this movie was released. This movie is released into theaters upon an unsuspecting public. Casualties currently unknown. Cats. This is Darren Hansen. Really? Okay, I'm first of all just now learning that it was released in theaters. Yeah. I thought it was only streaming. It feels like it should have been. No, it was It was September of 2021. So they released being like, oh, this will be fine. I wish they, wait, when were the Manson murders they said? August 1969. My note to this reviewer is they should have cut that so all of them were September. <laughs> that is smart. <laughs> There is no art or tact or merit or reason for this to exist as a film, even less than it did as a musical in the first place. What remains is a symbolic pulling back of the curtain to what has always been there, what a wider public can finally see for themselves, more resembling a bizarrely elaborate display of a humiliation kink than an actual desire to have this story brought to the screen out of love for the project. The people who are inspired by this kind of shit are not to be trusted. I fear anyone who fondly appreciates this hazardously reckless handling of this kind of material more than anyone else, made of things actual sociopaths aspire to be. I told you it was going to be hard. If this isn't about Dear Evan Hansen... It is Dear Evan Hansen. I was going to say that this person's got some fucked up opinions about cats in general. <laughs> no stars. No star rating. They couldn't be bothered. There's no way I can give this any kind of numerical It transcends good or bad. It's a deranged, nightmarish vision committed to 100% by everyone involved. It should never have been made, but I'm so glad it was. I'll probably never watch it again. Cats. Cats. (laughs) Again, there is still a little bit of a fondness for cats. (laughs) This one's not good, because now you know it came out in 2021, but I want you to know that one of the cats reviews is just, this caused the pandemic. Five stars. A deeply cursed and deeply horny movie. Cats. Yes. <laughs> Half a star. Only a cult of narcissists as delusional as the musical theater community could have made this snowball to the point where I am watching this on an IMAX screen. Dear Evan Hansen. Yes. yes. But imagine watching Cats on an IMAX screen. Incredible. <laughs> Honestly, it would probably be better to watch it on an IMAX screen. To find- I really feel like that would give you more of an, like, uh, an experience of the actual seeing of a live version of Cats. Half a star. 
Dear Universal Studios and Associates, What the hell is this? Why did you make this movie? I'm not familiar with the stage play besides a few clips I've seen, which isn't like this. <laughs> this movie is a giant dumpster fire and I hated pretty much every second of this. You'd think that with an adaptation of an award-winning musical that the songs would be good. If anything, the actual singing sections of this movie were the worst part. Cats. This is Dear Evan Hansen. <laughs> really? Yeah. <laughs> interesting. I'm telling you, this is going to be hard. That is interesting considering I would say that <laughs> this is a bad movie. It's not necessarily an unfaithful adaptation no. of the musical. Well, this person said they didn't really know much about the, the play to begin with. See, I, I would be like, oh, the clips you've seen where the cats are full size as opposed <laughs> to tiny. One star. An abomination cobbled together in the space of a weekend with a PS2 and a cassette recording of the original soundtrack stolen from a nearby flea market. In an age of generic micromanaged studio fare, its incompetence is almost admirable. If this is to be the death knell of the wacky big budget fashion project, they could have at least had some fun. Cats. Yes. Because there's no idea of enhancing would be on cassette. Fair. Half a star. Half a star, but still clicked the little heart. That means you liked the movie. <laughs> This person is deeply troubled. It feels like the longest movie ever made because, like, nothing happens. But it also feels like the shortest movie ever made because, like, nothing happens. Stage musicals musicals can afford to be completely devoid of plot because people will pay to see a bunch of unconnected dance choreography and singing. But when you translate that to a movie, without the impressiveness of a live performance, the story loses all its novelty unless we have a reason to care. And here we definitely do not. Anyway, this is glorious and I'm never watching it again. Cats. Yeah. Honestly, what is the plot of Cats? Exactly. But honestly, what else could be the plot of Cats? Just about cats. I mean, as far as like a thing just generally about cats, I feel like fine. Um, this will be probably my last one. One hour photo meets the Muppets with a dash of Joker. No stars. What was the first thing? One hour photo. I don't know what that is. Does it matter? <laughs> no. Cats? It's <laughs> I don't read it again, please. One hour photo meets the Muppets with a dash of Joker. Okay, so the Joker was more of like a um, like the so sociopathy and not just the visuals. Because I was thinking like, um, one hour photo is an American psychological thriller film. Sounds about right. Oh, in it, Will, uh, Robin Williams plays a photo technician who develops an unhealthy obsession with a family who he has long provided services to. Sounds like you. You mean the the TV show? Yes. Not you specifically. Not you, you have not provided services to any families. <laughs> I was about to be like, well, this feels loaded and like something we should discuss off mic. <laughs> Look, I, I don't know what I did. I worry. All right. My mini game is actually, I think, kind of fun. Okay. So here's the thing about my mini game. This is going to be the kind of thing where either it's going to be very hard or you're going to be so fucking good at it that it's going to go very fast. So I do have, um, as we go, different difficulties, depending on how <laughs> this goes. How'd you put so much effort into this one? Because we are playing a game of Once More Without Feeling. Fuck. Where I will be reading Fuck. lyrics with no inflection, no, okay. as little tune as possible. Mm -hmm. These are all from movie musicals. So can I... When I say movie musical... Thank you. <laughs> it is a combination of musicals that were made as only movies. Okay. And so, adaptations. Okay. So like La La Land or Greatest Showman could be in here. Yes. Okay, great. I did, I believe, if I were looking at this, I don't know if this will help you at all, but to inform what I did, I tried to only do things I was familiar with so that I didn't pick lyrics where it was like... I think they're weird, but it turns out that that's like the fucking that's, title. That's of the, the motif. Yeah. <laughs> okay. All right. Ready? Mm -hmm. 
we take the pressure and we throw away conventionality belongs to yesterday, there is a chance that we can make it so far. What the fuck? Can you read it one more time? We take the pressure and we throw away conventionality belongs to yesterday. There is a chance that we can make it so far. Is this the prom? This is Greece. Oh, fuck that. You know I don't know Greece. <laughs> that is, I believe, Greece from Greece. So not even the, the song that was in the stage show. No, movie musicals. <laughs> um, that's part of the difficulty way that it kind of splits off is that as we go, if it I if if you do too well, right. I start going for things that were never in any stage show and added only to the movie. Okay. Next one. God, I hope suddenly from the latest movies in here. <laughs> I can't see why people disagree each time I tell them what I know is true. No, no. And if you come and see the world I'm from, I bet your heart is going to feel it too. I'm trying to put a it's tune so, to it, so, and I it's can't. so wild, isn't it? <laughs> I can't read it one more time. I can't see why people disagree each time I tell them what I know is true. No, no. And if you come and see the world I'm from, I bet your heart is going to feel it too. Little Mermaid. This is Run and Tell That from Hairspray. Oh, shit. (laughs) (laughs) The black of the berry, sweeter than juice. (laughs) I just had that in my easy round. No. God damn it. Oh, you chose hard lyrics too, and obviously you would, but. Yeah. Next one. Just let me give you the freedom to dream, and it'll wake you up and cure your aching. Take your walls and start them breaking. Now that's a deal that seems worth taking. That's not Greatest Showman. It is Greatest Showman. Oh, fuck! Of course, that's the first one I get right! That's Greatest Showman. Is that A Million Dreams? That is uh, Other Side. Oh, well, maybe that's why I know it. Guys, this is lore that nobody needs to know. Just give me the freedom to dream and it'll wake you up and cure your aching. Take your walls and start unbreaking. Now that's a deal that seems worth taking, but I guess oh, I'll leave the slow part. Um, right before the pandemic hit, Natalie and I were supposed to perform that song at a miscast. Uh, no, at a movie musical cabaret. Yes. And you were Hugh Jackman and I was yes. Zac Efron. Yes. Um, we bought Funko Pops and everything. I have the Funko Pop. I also do. My, I, it's at my house. Did, but... We bought, yeah, we got the Funko Pops of our respective characters. And then I think like two days later, the pandemic hit. Literally. <laughs> okay. <laughs> uh, next one. Warm breath of an angel. Awake next to you. Love so still. Can you feel it? What more do you want? It feels so familiar. <laughs> it is very familiar. Say it one more time. Warm breath of an angel. Awake next to you. Love so still. Can you feel it? What more do you want? Fuck. I know this. You're going to be pissed. <sighs> it's not La La Land. Nope. It's not. It's Tick Tick Boom. <laughs> it's the the slow Michael song. Oh, fuck. Is this real life? That one. <laughs> this is re- It's real life. That's why it's so, so goddamn familiar. That's why I said it's very familiar for you. Delaney did do a, a stage production of Tick, Tick, Boom, and then we watched the movie together. And you watched the movie before that, too. I'm gonna kill myself. Right next to... Yep. Okay. Yep. I don't know Michael songs. I know. <laughs> That's the thing, is I went to look, and I was like, some of these... It's like either the lyrics felt impossible or, or too fucking Susan easy. Susan wants to yeah. live by the sea. <laughs> Next one. God damn it. I was the one who had it all. I was the master of my fate. I never needed anybody in my life. I learned the truth too late. That, that's um, Evermore from yes. <laughs> <laughs> You said the first 
<laughs> yes. <laughs> but, but I was the one who had it all. That I was the like, one who had it all. I was the like master of my fate. Lyric. I love that song. <laughs> <laughs> there's a video yeah. of someone doing it at karaoke in pittsburgh and i'm drunk off my ass in the back of the room just screaming <laughs> it's a good song <laughs> now that was an original for the movie yes that it replaced is, um uh the, if i could love her the other one that yeah. was not in the the other beat song that was not in the movie but was in the stage show yeah god, thank god a man like that is hard to find but i can't get him off my mind and if he happens to be free, I bet he wouldn't fancy me. Oh, Fuck. Isn't this awful? Say it one more time. A man like that is hard to find, but I can't get him off my mind. And if he happens to be free, I bet he wouldn't fancy me. I recognize it. The problem is, the only melody in my brain right now is ever. ever. <laughs> <laughs> there is, I'll give you, there is a parenthetical part of another person saying, ain't it sad, in there as well. This is a, a man like that is hard to find, but I can't get him off my mind. Ain't it sad? And if he happens to be free, I bet he wouldn't fancy me. That's not Little Shop, is it? No. No. What is it? Mamma Mia. <laughs> She's walked away from the mic. Ain't it sad? <laughs> For fucking money, money, money! Yeah. <laughs> Okay. And in this other lifetime, when you tell yourself, be brave, you won't cave. That's the one thing I truly crave. God, why is this so hard? I know, right? Okay, so who needs to be brave? <laughs> <laughs> I'll give you a hint in that this is one where uh, the character flat out says their own name, and I accidentally put it in the lyrics and then remembered that that would give it away. Can you repeat it? And in this other lifetime... Is this proud of your boy? No. Fuck! And in this other lifetime, when you tell yourself, be brave, you won't cave. That's the only thing I truly crave. Is this the prom? Is this, is this, breathe, Emma? This is Alyssa Green from the Ah, prom. okay, still, but I still. I flat out put Alyssa Green in it and went, wait, nope, that, that's not going to work. <laughs> There's three more. Okay. Some boys romance, some boys slow dance. That's all right with me. If they can't raise my interest, then I have to let them be. Why do so many of these sound like Grease, except for the one that was from Grease? I know, right? Because Grease, the song is bad. <laughs> it's like, boys, romance, and that's all right with me. <laughs> They're all in front of a car. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> one more time. Some boys romance, some boys slow dance. That's all right with me. If they can't raise my interest, then I have to let them be. It's not West Side Story. No. That is not... Is the song called Some Boys? No. There's a song from something called Some Boys. <laughs> there is some girls from um, Once on this Island. There's some nights by fun. <laughs> <laughs> There's a some girls reprise from Once on this Island. Fuck, what is it? These are so fun because of how mad I know you're going to be. This is Moulin Rouge. Oh, fuck that. You knew I was never going to get that. Yeah. What song is that? Although, here's the thing. Is that from Diamonds Are a Girl's Best Friend? It's Material Go from Mad- by Madonna. Yeah. So Fuck that's why that. I thought maybe that was a shot for that one. No. Um, I hate Moulin Rouge. And she knows that. But do I cut her a break because she made a mistake? Or do I take the reward that I really want to take? 
No matter how I contemplate it, this is such a complicated something. <laughs> 13 the music. So that's opportunity. That's opportunity for 13 the musical. Because <laughs> uh, did you hear me sing this kind of for a break that I really want to take? There you go. Oh, PP opportunity. Oh, PP opportunity. Okay, thank God. <laughs> there you go. Last one. Uh, there's the Big Apple for you to eat. <laughs> I'd have been full with just a seed. There's a whole new world in that mirror. In that mirror? In that mirror. <laughs> <laughs> so I feel like this isn't Annie. Is it Annie? Is it NYC from Annie? No, this is one of the 8,000 versions they have of... Easy think, Street! I think I'm going to like it here. Where for some reason, every time they do Annie, they change a verse of that song. I think I'm gonna like it here. <laughs> She's looking in a fucking mirror. You can look out the fucking window. I can't figure out where this would have gone. Because <laughs> the basic, there's the big apple for you to eat, doesn't make any fucking sense. There's the big apple for you to eat. <laughs> there's a whole new world in that mirror. <laughs> I guess then, I think I'm gonna like it I here. I guess, yeah. Would I rhyme think with that. I'm gonna like it here. I'd have been full with just a seed, I'm assuming, is Annie speaking. This is from uh, the most recent Annie. This is from Black Annie. <laughs> but, so, okay, yeah. But uh, maybe don't include that. <laughs> yeah. the, the movie Black Annie, not the NBC Live Black Correct, Annie. Correct, yes. Cool. The movie version. Um, or Cameron Diaz. Cameron Diaz. <sighs> Yay! <laughs> That rose my heart rate more than any other thing. Yeah. That was fun, though. That's the 20... 20- I'm shocked you didn't put in a La La Land. 14. I, I probably would have gotten it. I you can't... La La Land was one where I was not familiar with it enough yeah. to know what I was grabbing. I was like, I, I can't imagine a lyric from La La Land that I don't know by so heart. So La La Land I consider, but I was like, I I will simply not know what I'm doing. Uh, the reason I didn't do Les Mis is because we've both been in stage productions of Les Mis. But suddenly would have been an interesting choice. Yeah. Suddenly the world I did have um, a different that, place. one of those weird new songs in 13 the musical in my back pocket if I needed it. God. Again. From the movie I've watched one time. Yeah, it was it was from the fucking the one the the song they added that everyone was pissed about cuz they're like they're not supposed to like each other yet. <laughs> yeah. I don't even remember what it's called. <laughs> I would have failed at that fucking game, but it was very fun. <laughs> that was good. Yeah. Ugh. That was a fun game. Which is great cuz if you do 13, I guess I'll do it again. <laughs> That's why I literally was like, I have my minigame regardless of if you yeah. do Dear Evan Hansen or 13. Yeah. <sighs> yeah. There's plenty more I'm sure I could work with. But yeah, that was... <laughs> I'm very proud of myself. When you're Alyssa Green. <laughs> Your whole life's a lie. Because <laughs> mom thinks if you're perfect, then your father might, might come back. back. All of your strong points and hide the things that you Because well, I was going to... When we did... Um, I think when we did high school cabaret, the plan was for me to do that. <laughs> Alyssa Green... Is similar to how you feel about Shahrazad. Well, I guess her, her name her name's just Shahrazad, right? Yeah. In Twisted, Alyssa Green and the Wicked Witch of the East are two roles that I've always considered attainable for me. Yeah, and Alyssa Green is two notes. When you're Alyssa Green, <sighs> do you see what I mean? Though, and that I was like, this could either be incredibly hard or go so fucking fast. Well, and the ones I knew, I I knew pretty easily. Yeah, I can't believe you were so shocked. I knew Evermore <laughs> immediately. <laughs> It's not, it's just because the line of I used to be the one who had it all is so vague. But I I think it helped because it's the first line in the song. Yeah. So because it's the first, like, that's going to be the first one that comes to my memory. I feel like I can think of eight other songs that have that line in them. But yeah, maybe not the. I was the master of my fate. 
never needed anybody in my life. Uh, the truth, too late. I'm so mad they don't give the they, the Beast didn't get a solo in the original show, it's the original movie, because of how good the Beast songs have been for this fucking show. <clears throat> and how bad the Beast looked in... Now I could have included my favorite addition to the Beauty. And the Beast. If you, if you had done Maison de Lune, I would not have gotten it. No. Oh, of course not. True. Okay. Maison yeah. de Lune is one of the dumbass songs in the stage show, where it's just the three villains being like, "And we'll do this." I could have done one of the uh, Lefou lines that got changed slightly to sound gayer <laughs> in Beauty and the Beast. Or I could have done the line in the in the the beast like the village song where they decide to give him like kind of a, a shade to his character where he's conflicted about his actions. <laughs> cool. <laughs> it is ten fifty six. We have to be up so early. We tomorrow. have to be up so early to go to Disneyland, which is exciting. I'm very excited. Delaney's never been to Disneyland. So many men have promised to take we, me there. Look, I don't want to jinx it, but at this point. Who am I? But not my best boyfriend? No. Who oh. am, who, what number am I of people who said they would take you to Disneyland? At least three, if not more. So am I the third or the fourth? You'd be the third. Yeah. Um, so, good God. Here we go. Let's hope for the best. Let's hope we make it. And let's hope Sid doesn't jump out of the car <laughs> when I just start screaming about the Dear Evan Hansen movie. It's okay. I'll put on my Disney playlist. Over your playlist. No. Don't worry. I know your playlist is coming. No. And I'm going to just sit in the front seat just being sad. I'm not sad. buying you coffee. That's fine. No. I was, I was going to buy the coffee since you kind of bought everything else. <laughs> I like that I said, like, I'm the one who said I'd take you to Disneyland. Your mom bought the tickets for us. <laughs> I am being brought. I am, a, I am an emotional support animal at most. Oh, my God. All right. Well, Ooh. um... What'd you learn? Do you have to announce what your next episode is going to be? Shit, do I? I guess not. No, that's fine. I can we, think- we can leave them on a cliffhanger. I'll think about it right now. Just tell me what you learned. Um, I learned that I should be a fucking director because at this point I'm convinced that like, it's one of those things where like you have such false confidence that you could be really good at something. I maintain that I could be better at directing movie musicals than 90% of the people who've done them. Yes, I would agree with you. Like, I, I, I'm just, it's something that I'm 100% positive. Dear Evan do. Hansen is something that, um, between the two of us, could have been a fantastic movie. Yeah. Dear Evan Hansen, at least too, is one of those things where I'd be like, I would feel comfortable enough to be like, yeah, she probably would want my input on some stuff. Yeah. That might be a good thing for me for me to like be able to speak on. Now, if you were to do fucking another cats, I'd be useless. What did what did you learn? I learned what the fuck is his name? Nicomano. <laughs> Nicomaro. Nicomaro. First of all, still hot as hell. And they clearly wanted to cast this was a role where he i I immediately went he wanted they wanted oscar isaac but couldn't and i went no 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 i think they wanted raul and then i realized that he was literally on law and order svu where he's hot as fucking hell and he is hot as hell in this and if he and his wife in this movie had not gotten back together i would gladly be wife number three or if they wanted a third yeah i'm not opposed to a threesome with amy adams yeah she's hot she's pretty sad in this movie she's fantastic she's really good in this movie yeah i mean yeah (laughs) If we're doing actors, like, daughter can come, too. Yeah. She's of age. Like, yeah. Yeah, let's do it. Yeah. Ben, you're not welcome. Ah! Ben Platt, get out. <laughs> ben Platt's in the corner with his eye closed singing. Oh, yeah, we didn't also... Yeah, we didn't talk about how he still he does, does his eye closed stupid thing. eye closed And thing. also, that there's another layer to this movie in that my dad made it, like, very common knowledge that my shitty ex-boyfriend looks like Ben Platt. Yeah. 
And so like that also adds a layer to this. Well, I mean, it, it you know, feels like something he would do. Yeah. Yeah. So yeah. I think our next movie should be Legally Blonde. Really? Yeah. Really? Mm-hmm. Yay. I think we could use a fun one. Mm-hmm. It has been a while since I've seen a movie I like. <laughs> so Are you going to call our friend for legal advice? Are you going to be like, hey, what, is, what does law school look like? No. Are you going to call my ex-boyfriend? I'll, ask- call, I'll call my cousin. Oh, yeah. To tell him. To- okay, perfect. I'm excited. Yeah, me too. I think that we could use a good movie. <laughs> we could use a movie that we like. Le- Legally Blonde is, I think, my favorite movie. Yeah. So it'll, it would be fun. It'll be fun. Yeah. Um, and I fucking love law. <laughs> I just come in fucking true crime. I mean, I think you could probably come in with, like, how she could have won that case. Like, she actually- I, yeah, I mean, I'm, I'm, I would be excited to hear more about it. I would be so fucking excited to watch it. And I'm sure I can think of something. Because yeah. all I have to know about is either legal things or being blonde. And those are both things I'm good at. You are blonde. Yeah, legally, too. I didn't do it legally. <laughs> Anyway, so we will see you then in three fucking weeks, I guess. Goodbye, everyone. I'm so tired. Yeah, me too. Bye. Bye.